0: What's good fam? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It has creation tools to help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or from your computer. Anchor will even help distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast, it's all in one place. Download the free Anchor app. I'll go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Dear Son podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is a safe space where we tell vulnerable stories about the fatherhood experience. I'm excited today. I'm in Miami, actually. In Miami with a podcast family, a a mastermind group that we work with, and I got one of my podcast brothers on the show this afternoon, Mr. Darren Perkins Jr. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. How you doing, my brother? Man,
1: I'm good. How about you?
0: Man, I'm I'm great, man. The the morning started off well. Yes. It's good to be away. I miss my family, but just to have no pressures of work or responsibilities at the house, Mm -hmm. just kind of be focused on the craft, right? Yeah. Getting yeah. To getting, getting to our purpose. So it's, it's been great, man. What have you enjoyed about this experience so far? So we're, we're in Miami for the Mastermind. It's yeah. a two-day experience. This is the end of the second day. Um, but what, what have you enjoyed about the experience so far?
1: What I've enjoyed the most and what I've taken away the most is being able to ner- network with the peers. Yeah. Getting stuff like this done. Yeah. Like, I was excited about the information, but... It's it means nothing if you don't implement it. For sure. So getting the chance to record and work with the peers is the part that I love the most. Yeah.
0: So it's it's been great being around that energy. Everybody has a different story to tell, and there's room for everybody. And we're right. still early in the podcast and space. Uh, but this platform, as you know, is about you know it's dear son. It's about the fatherhood journey. Uh, so I kind of I want to walk through your story from your earliest childhood memories of mm-hmm. you know your fatherhood experience. And uh, let's start with let's start with where you grew up and how you grew up. Where exactly is home for you?
1: Okay, so I grew up in the DMV area, uh, okay. Capital Heights, Maryland, to be exact.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah, I know where you live now, yeah. yep. but I didn't realize. Okay, cool. Yep.
1: So, um, father was incarcerated when I was two. Okay, just was released in twenty eighteen. Wow. So I grew up without okay my father basically. Okay. Um, any
0: siblings or mm,
1: only child? Only child. Grew up uh, with my mom and grandparents, yeah. but um, never really, never really had that father, positive father figure. Sure. You know,
0: what were your, were your, your mother and father were they in a relationship? Yeah, they
1: were married the okay. whole time. Oh, they were okay. married the whole okay. time. Okay. But I mean, you know, even with that, twenty seven years is a long time.
0: Did they, did they remain married when he was incarcerated? Yes. Yeah. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's a story to tell. What is your earliest memory of it being or feeling different? Or did you ever feel different because your father wasn't in the house? Most
1: definitely. Going to school, hearing kids, you know, talk about life, normal life with a dad. Wow. Being able to be picked up by a dad. Or your dad being at your birthdays, being at football games. I didn't know what that felt like. Yeah. And I kind of normalized it. Um, because of course, I did get to see my dad um through prison walls, yeah. but um it's one of those things where you definitely feel it right away
0: so what did you 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 answered the normalized question in terms of how you processed it what was that what was that like were you able to really compartmentalize at that young age, or did you know you were doing that, and that was the way that you Forced, you had to force on yourself to get through that situation. Was there anything conscious about saying, hey, this is normal, or was it something that just kind of it was what it was?
1: Two points for that. First point, I think my mom did a really good job of keeping me straight in that. Gotcha. I never really had any resentment for my dad, even though it was that situation. Yeah. We we still to this day have a great relationship, yeah. considering yeah. Everything that happened. Um, as far as normalizing it, that was, uh, it was tough, but it was something that, you know, like I said, with being raised by a single mom, yeah. she she didn't really, like she picked up the slack, yeah. I can say, yeah. in a way. Um, I commend her for that, because being a single parent is not easy.
0: Yeah, uh, being a two-parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's easy, not so easy at definitely, all. It's definitely much more difficult um, being a single parent. Shout out to single parents, yes. by the way. Y'all are amazing. <laughs> I don't know how. Y'all Talk y'all do about it. your mom, man, because I I feel it oozing out of yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> you Talk about your mom. What's, what's what's that relationship like?
1: So, me and my mom have a great relationship. She's been there the whole time. Um, like I said, she had to assume both roles. Yeah. Um, responsible for raising a young man. Um, and a big part of what I am today yeah. comes from her. My strength,
0: okay, comes from her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did she? How did she? communicate or present your father's situation to you? You said I, it, it sounds as yeah. if she she allows you to maintain a relationship so it was positive, but how did she, what were some of the things that you remember about what she told you about your father?
1: Early on, um, you know, I don't know where we as as uh, black families get this notion to tell our kids that he's in college. Um, but, wow. you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> that was one thing. Yeah. And really, from her perspective, not knowing if he would ever really get out. Um, it was always wow. a promise of soon, yeah. soon, soon turned into five yeah. years, soon turned into 10, 15, any day now.
0: And that's what she was believing too?
1: Right, right. Wow. At the time, she didn't okay. really know. So um, it was it was tough, um, just not knowing if I would ever see my dad wow. free. Can
0: you speak on the nature of why he was incarcerated? Oh uh, yeah,
1: drug charges. Okay. Um, okay, you know, back in the nineties, okay. got caught up in that whole yeah. war on drugs. Yeah, um, um, and you know, they got him.
0: What was the earliest phase where you realized, man, I really need my dad right now? Mm. Your mom was stepping up to the plate, but
1: your father can't be a father. You can't replace that. Yeah. Um, what
0: was? What phase of life were you in? Was it middle school or high school? It was like, man, I really—I
1: would say high school. Okay. And the reason being, I always wanted my to see my dad in the stands while I played football. Okay. Football okay. is my first love. Okay. We share that. Like he loved, he loves football too, uh, basketball as well. But we share that that same love for football. When did you start and playing football? I probably started um, young. Maybe eight, nine. Okay. So yeah, that's my first. To this day, I love yeah. football, um, but was never really able to share that with him. Yeah. And you know, he never had see. I wasn't great, so it wasn't like he could catch a highlight now. <laughs> right. You know. Right, so right. it was one of those things where you know had to see.
0: Know your limitations.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that would be probably the first time where I felt like, man, I really needed him yeah. for
0: that. Do you think it would have been different if he was physically there maybe to work with you? So he has a love for football. Did he play as well?
1: He did. He did. Okay, do you mm-hmm. think
0: it may have been, you know, your skill set may have been a little bit higher? or Possibly. Your, your aptitude was your aptitude. Yeah, That's yeah. I doing. mean,
1: I really don't. The only, I think the only thing that kept me from being better is just not taking it serious. Okay. I had a love for it, but okay. the preparation that it yeah. takes to be a great, elite athlete yeah I wasn't super fast I wasn't super strong none of that stuff came naturally to me gotcha. Um, I I didn't I started my senior year but you know I had to just work my way up to the totem pole it wasn't like I was a ninth grade starter gotcha anything like that gotcha. so I really don't know it's hard to say yeah. that he would have made that much of a difference but maybe yeah did any of the coaches
0: along the way pour into you in a in a way that a father would I, that's a common story with some of the folks that I've had, you know, these conversations with, they mm. they identify other people, maybe not the coach, but typically people in sports seem to be looking for that in a coach. And if the relationship is great, it seems like the coach is
1: kind of, you know, what the, that board. the odd thing about that is, I never looked at a coach as a father figure, okay. never. Um, Why do you think that was?
0: Do you think because you because you were aware of your father and you had the hope that he was coming home? I or? think
1: that that was some of it, but then again. I think that my mom had a lot to do with that. She okay. gave me so much love wow. that I didn't look for it anywhere else. Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't. Okay. And and that even spilled over into my relationships because I had never been a super affectionate person yeah. with the public, you know, affection. And because I think I think the reason why I'm not that way is because I got so much love as a kid. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So, you know, I've, I'm growing and learning how to be more comfortable with sharing those feelings with others now as an adult. Yeah. But, no, I never really looked for a father figure anywhere.
0: That's, that says a lot about your mom. Mm-hmm. says a lot about your mom. How much uh, other family did you have in, you, what part of it, Hyatt'sville? Capital Heights. Capital
1: Heights. Capital Heights. Heights. So, Is that PG County? Much, yeah. Okay, That's cool, PG. cool, cool. That's PG. Um, pretty much everybody. Um, My grandparents... My I had an aunt. Um, my whole, my father's whole side of the family lives in D.C. Gotcha. Um, in the surrounding area of the D.M.V. So and his
0: father was alive while you were growing up.
1: No. Okay. No, no. Um, uh, um, just my mom's, my mom's father, and my mom's mom. Okay. Um,
0: was your mom's father involved and engaged in your life? And I, I'm fascinated by the grandfather. Yeah. Because I never had one.
1: Right. So, so was he around? A, a yeah, role? actually, we had a great relationship. What's that um, like? <laughs> let me Seriously, let me let me break all, it down. No. So my grandfather actually loved me very much. Okay, I was his right-hand right hand man. Um, but even it's weird because I never saw him as a father figure, even so though sure, he was sure, the only yeah. one around. Um, you know, he it was a great, but he also had his flaws. Okay, you know, he was an alcoholic. Um, yeah. I'm told that he was very Verbally and physically abusive Abuse. at times, but I think that started to cut out once I started to get size on me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh huh. Um, oh, abusive to you? Never abusive to me. Okay. 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 But okay. you know, to my grandmother gotcha. and but this that part of him I never saw. Okay. Um, when I got there, he was still an alcoholic, but he was older. Gotcha. Um, but I always felt love from him. Okay. Um, he really was. I would say, an example of what not to do. Gotcha. And that's what I took from him the most. There's a value in that. Yes. There's
0: a lesson in everything. What? So what did you get? Well, that kind of answers um, what not to do. But what was your model for this is something I should replicate? I imagine something that you had to pick up on your own through experiences along the way. How did you navigate through identifying who you want to be and what right looks like? As a, as a young man, man growing
1: up? I think a lot of that had to just do with, I never really been a problem child. I, okay. I never really had a, a rebellious phase. So okay. it just came natural for me to just want to do the right thing. What moves you? What moves me now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, family, man. Okay. I just want to be a great dad wow. to my kids. Why? Because I didn't have it, I didn't. I didn't have. I wanted to be there and present, yeah. but not only be present. I want the time with my kids to count.
0: Yeah. So that, that, I'm always interested in what fuels or frustrates a person based mm-hmm. on their fatherhood story. Right. And you've had some inputs in, you know, a situation where your father wasn't physically available to you. Um. That fuel to not be or to be what you didn't have does that satisfy you or is that just good for your children and your family and i I want to make sure you understand the question like i found early in my life that i would do things because of my kids Mm -hmm. which is a great benefit but it wasn't because i wanted to be a better man gotcha you know what i'm saying like so how like have you have you been able to identify that, you no, know, these are things that I'm working on me and the benefit is to my children, or was it always I just gotta be, you know, a great father for them?
1: I would say I generally wanna be a good dad. Um, selfishly because I want to make those great memories for them once I'm gone. Yeah. I want them to remember, oh yeah, dad did this with me. Yeah, dad yeah, yeah. did that with me. He was always there. I want to create that. Yeah. I don't want to ever have um once, you know, things are, are wrapped up for me, I don't want a bad memory sure. to be left behind, basically. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. How many kids do you have? Three. Names?
1: Um, so, my oldest is Amarion, middle child is Jordan, and then we got a two-year-old, Layla.
0: Okay. So, is that boy, boy, girl? Or
1: boy? Yep. Okay. Yep. Boy, boy. Girl. Names, something you got to be careful with. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What, um what do you see in them where you say yep that's me
1: uh. well I, I have to preface this by giving you a little bit of background let's hear, story let's hear. um my two boys are not my biological okay, kids family. Cool. um baby girl is okay. you know, the one that's okay. that's biologically mine so
0: when did even, you come into the, the older ones' lives? um
1: When they were four and eight. So I've okay. been here okay. there for the entirety, pretty much. Okay. Um, so I don't really see a whole lot out of my boys from me, basically, um, mm. you know, other than teenage stuff. Um, I would say being a teenager is its own. Yeah.
0: It's no has idea. its
1: trials and tribulations. And for for whatever reason, even for me and the great relationship that I had with my mom, it's just for whatever reason, we don't want to talk to our parents at that age. No matter how available you make yourself, kids don't want to talk to their parents. Quick
0: aside, he's proving my point. If you <laughs> listen to the previous episodes, I was in a great situation you know, from the outside looking in, and I had i didn't want nothing to do with my yes.
1: father. Yes, and it's, it's weird that the mind works like that for a kid, but that's how it works. And I feel as though I, understanding that it's, it's still tough um raising teenagers
0: yeah how do you so my oldest daughter i came into her life very early she was less than a year old my wife and i were in a relationship previously we went went our separate ways she went into the military when she came back into my life she had a child right Mm -hmm. so there's that dynamic of there's always the father the biological father component right whether involved engaged or not if it's not too invasive, how 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 was that dynamic between you and the other and the biological father?
1: So I was very fortunate in that I didn't have those barriers. Okay. One was an absentee dad. Okay. The other one has never been okay. in in the life, so it was no resistance from that point of view. Okay. Like it, once I stepped into the picture fully, yeah. it was just me.
0: How did they respond to that?
1: I would say they took it really well, and I think because of the timing. Um, they were still kind of young, Okay. so we kind of grew together. Um, That's a great point. Had a great, great relationship. Um, but, of course, once you get to that teenage phase, of course, things just get a little rocky. Yeah. Um, but, of course, my oldest is out of that, and our relationship is better now that he's older. Okay. Um, not to say that it was bad then. But dealing with raising teenagers, you kinda have to let them go their own route, if it makes sense. Um in a sense. Let's debate.
0: Uh-huh. Um, 'cause I agree with you, my entire audience does not agree with us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um there's I'm on I'm on the struggle now or this realization now that sometimes kids deserve context. There needs to be a conversation about things. There's right. It's not always Abide by my rule. That's the end of the conversation. Right. There are instances where that's applicable, and I get that. But it seems like, and I don't know if it's in all communities. I'm black, so I speak about the black community. Like there's a the whole stand a child's place. Like mm-hmm. don't be seen, not heard. Um, I provide for you. It's all. It's it's not an ownership thing, but it, it's we don't often have meaningful conversations about the why the rules are the rules or why the direction provided is that direction provided um was that the case between you and your mom where you were where there was healthy dialogue around certain things i know you say you weren't a problem Mm -hmm. child but maybe part of that is because Y'all had dialogue about. Absolutely. Here's the danger in this thing, or here's the why, or um, not just sit down and shut up, or because I said so.
1: She was definitely not that. Okay. She, (laughs) she, we had a great line of communication. Okay. And maybe that did play a part into you know how I turned out as a kid, but um, yeah, we always communicated with everything. She always told me why she did what she did. I understood
0: how so your your how does your wife fit into that um i guess what is her what is her perspective on how to raise children was was what are your styles the same where she's you know she's part of that healthy dialogue too and always discuss things or what does she have a different background or perspective on No, on she's I'm old
1: raising. school. She's old school in that method. Um, yeah, she's right. a, more of a do what I say because I said it Yeah, um, kind of deal. And I'm more of a, I kind of, uh, I, I try not to clash with anything that she says. Um, yeah. A lot of the times I like to joke all the time and say that I'm just the enforcer. I don't yeah. make the rules. I, I just yeah. enforce them. Um, but yeah, I would say. Our styles differ in that I am more willing to communicate. Okay. And she's just more of a, you know, this is the way it is.
0: Does that create a healthy balance, like, with the collective way of of, of raising the children? Or, or, or does that create some, um, like, challenges between you and
1: her? Um, I think a lot of it um, has to do with the fact that I'm so even kill that yeah, I, yeah. I let her kind of in that instance um, like I said I'm just the enforcer yeah we don't clash in that okay, and even right. if I don't necessarily agree with what she's doing yeah I would yeah. never do that in front of the kids perfect
0: perfect key key mm-hmm. very key yeah. um, my wife and I at that point now not, not that we just arrived there but we've always been on that same page about the importance of what we demonstrate in front of the kids it's not mm-hmm. a matter of front but sometimes what they're presented they may interpret it in a way that's not intended right. because they're not an adult. They're not an age of understanding. Um, We're going to take a quick quick break right here, pay some bills, and uh we're going to jump back into the conversation in a second. What's good, fam? I hope you guys are enjoying this episode as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Look, a couple of folks have reached out asking how can they support more. They listen, they like the videos, but they said, hey, we want something tangible. I said, cool, 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 cool. Now we got... Merch the Dear Sun Podcast tees are loaded to the website, thedearsunpodcast.com. In your upper left hand corner, you'll see a drop down option that says There's More. That's where you'll find the t shirts. So if you feel so impressed, shop with your man, help support this podcast and push it around the world because it's going there. Appreciate you guys. Now back to the show. All right back to the conversation so we were talking about how husbands and wives uh or our experience with husbands and wives being on the same page in, in, in a way to discipline the child And it sounds like there's a healthy balance and kind of similar uh perspective in my house uh i want to dig in a little bit on that because i think sometimes men that take our approach mm-hmm. we try to stay even keel i think we suppress a lot mm-hmm. for the for the sake or the benefit of things not going left in front of the kids, or yeah. just keeping it cool with the wife and keeping the house peaceful. Uh, and I'll speak for me, sometimes that erupts at an ill-opportune time, and, I, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty even killed as well. Mm-hmm. Like, people joke all the time, like, I, I wouldn't play poker with you, because yeah. I, I don't know right, what's going right. on in your face. <laughs> and that's intentional, uh, to a degree. Mm-hmm. But do you ever feel like, it's building, it's building, it's building, and it's like, yo, Enough is enough man we gotta we, we gotta take it we gotta make some hard decisions about absolutely that. About
1: um that. just the human aspect of like you said just being who we are um staying even keel. sometimes you do have that build up um, and some honest conversations need to be had. I think how how it comes out for me is uh passively still. Passive aggressive nature, gotcha. um, which can sometimes be more damaging than than <laughs> yelling. <laughs> yeah. um, but once once I kind of feel myself getting to that, um, I know that it's it's a it's time to have an honest conversation about whatever it is.
0: Is are those conversations welcome, even if they're tough? Right, tough conversations mm-hmm. don't mean that you know they have to be bad conversations right right, or right. conversations. But is there a space where you know y'all can have those tough conversations?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Tough. Yep. Because. Um, If not, we would never get past them. Super dope. Mm -hmm. Super
0: dope. Um, You mentioned early on, and I think you mentioned more than once, that you just want to be a good father.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you a good father? I think I am. How so?
1: I think, for me, um, I love all my kids, for one. Um, Whatever they want me to do, I I will do it for them. Sure. And just being present. Yeah. That's my big. That's my biggest <laughs> yeah. thing. It's just being there, like yeah. whenever they need me, I'm there. Yeah, and I think that that, and maybe kind of selfishly, um, just knowing what I lacked as a kid, that's my biggest thing. I want gotcha. to make sure that they never feel that. Yeah, you know.
0: So that becomes your superpower. Yeah, right. Being able to identify with what that void feels like mm-hmm. and not wanting that for your child. That's exactly. And being in general. What do your kids require differently? Or maybe I should state it. Like, do they every kid has a different personality? Talk through some of the well, my oldest son, what's important to him is this. Mm. My middle child, like what are those things that you've identified where they kind of differentiates them? Oh, that's
1: easy. Because my kids are so different. Um, my oldest one, he really needed us to back off a little bit. Um he was one of he's one of the kids where he had to basically burn his hand on the eye gotcha. to know that it was hot yep. um and earlier on um in his teenage years, we didn't do the best job of understanding that and having that conversation yeah. with him um so it kind of caused a riff okay. um
0: what did that riff, that riff go anywhere where
1: so what it ended up happening was he he moved in with his grandmother. Um, just because you know he, it, it just didn't work. Um, the rules were different there. Yeah. So more more lax. We, more lax. More gotcha. lax. Um, and I think he was able to thrive in that environment um, just because we just had too many rules for him. Yeah. Um, but since now that he's older and being in that environment, um, our relationship is a lot better. Now. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: What was that decision like? Because I. I didn't necessarily move in with my grandmother, mm-hmm. but my grandmother used to pick me up for school, right. so I guess that was a sport. Right, right. <laughs> I didn't. I was close enough to walk, but she didn't want to see me walk. Mm-hmm. And then I would just say, hey, I'm going to stay with my grandma's house since she's taking me to school anyway. And mm-hmm. I try to do that as many nights a week as possible. Right. So it wasn't like a, a a clear decision that i moved mm-hmm. in with her. But what was it like for you and your wife to come to that, this is what needs to happen? Or did you agree on it?
1: Yes. Um... It was kind of, for them, um, my boys always loved being over at their grandmother's house yeah, well. anyway. Um, every weekend yeah. they were over there just okay. because they just wanted to be. So um, it, it just seemed like the next logical step. It's not like we would have him out on the street or even in a situation where we necessarily put him out. Yeah. It's just we all decided that it was best for him okay. to, to stay there. Just because we saw the writing on the wall, yeah, um, and no need to beat your head against, yeah, you know, a board when you see what's coming. Yeah. So your next child is is a son as well. Yes.
0: How did that impact him?
1: Um, was the well,
0: dynamic he, different where it wasn't really a, a challenge, but
1: I don't, I don't think that it impacted him that much. But then again, that was right around the time where he was also becoming a teenager, so it's kind of hard to gauge that. Um, because he's an introvert, like super introverted. Mm. He's more he's always been a room kid. Yeah. Um, but I know earlier on, like him and I used to wrestle and play and I used to actually play the game with him. Yeah. Um, but you know, I guess he's too cool for that now. <laughs> play with that. Um yeah. but it's kinda hard for me to gauge how that actually affected him because I think he, he he's just like me in that he holds in a lot as well. Gotcha. Um I do give him the option to talk to me whenever he can. But yeah. as we know, teenagers don't really take that. So take what's, that what's,
0: what's your approach to that? Cause I'm, I'm in that phase. And I mentioned how I approached it as a child, mm-hmm. being a teenager with my dad, I just kind of back, I wanted him to back off. right? And he's from the old school where there wasn't a lot of conversation, like mm-hmm. him anyway, didn't yeah. talk a lot. Mm-hmm. So it, it was the perfect storm where if I didn't want the advice he wasn't going to force the advice mm-hmm. and that's how i got was created what what did you what is it like now for you and how old is he now 14. magically mm-hmm. my son is 14 too do you find yourself wanting to have these conversations but he doesn't appear open to receiving the information Absolutely. like what do you do because me i my mind is flight
1: Fight uh, <laughs> a flight, my has been and I'm trying to work through that. Right. What's it like for you? Absolutely. So it is tough. Um the the one thing that I always wanted to do was establish that open line of communication. Yeah. Even if you didn't take it, I wanna build that bridge. It's available. If you want to come across, yeah. I'll meet you halfway if yeah. I need to. Um just letting them know that they can come to me with whatever. Yeah. Um, knowing that they probably won't. Yeah. But I still wanted them to always know that they can come to me yeah. if they needed to.
0: How was that playing out with, in his behavior now?
1: Because
0: mine, honestly, I couldn't read my son because he, he's in the room on the right, game. Right. And then, like, COVID hit, and it's like the game becomes the outlet that, that becomes their social environment. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, I've I've always, I've been struggling with the cool dad thing. Right. But I wasn't aware if he's struggling with something, mm-hmm. right? And then if you go so long without talking and they've been struggling silently and you say, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. If the relationship isn't consistently that, they may still hold on to it like like we do, right? Because right. I grew right. up doing the same thing. Like what, has anything, are you seeing any signs or do you have any concerns? Because I may be overthinking a lot of it and just be in my way
1: sounds like we have the same kid. Um, it's just, it's 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 hard to gauge. It really is because, one, they are always in their room. Um, I try, you know, we do stay up on his grades to see sure. if anything is falling off um, for any indicators. Okay. But he just doesn't really show a lot of emotion for me to know either way. You know, if he's affected or not, he has a hell of a poker face himself.
0: Yeah. Funny story that just maybe last week What's the day? yeah last week so i get these another thing for kids any teenage kids that are listening whether you're forced to listen to it or not y'all have a very serious disadvantage mm-hmm. versus our generation we always know where you are because you got a device mm-hmm. you can't not be where you say you are without yeah. it being obvious the teachers and the platforms that the school use tell us everything everything so i get these these uh text messages that says your son has a failing grade in this class. Mm-hmm. The son, what's this about, right. right? And we, you know, it would happen. We call him out on it. He'd immediately do his work and submit it, mm-hmm. right? Three weeks later, mm-hmm. another class. So the same, or the, the repetitive act, or the repetitive characteristics are showing up. Behavior is showing up, and I just got tired. I was like, like, what's going on? I think your life is great. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you, do you have your stuff turned in? You have the privileges, you have your game in your room. It is not my idea to keep taking the game out your room that I paid money for to be in your room and you to use it. Right. I don't want to dangle things in front of you. And he says, I think it's unfair. I said, wait, what? <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. you, what do you think is unfair? I spent all this time in school and I have to come home and do homework. And my face stayed in father mode, but my, (laughs) internally, I'm like, this is me.
1: Yeah, (laughs) That was exactly my logic. I was like, (laughs) but the difference
0: is, like, I get a C in the class because I wouldn't do my homework, but I get A's on the test. Mm. Net-net is a C. Right. You're failing. Right. So so you're you're not managing this well. Completely different. But he was, like, his logic was like, I get it in school, I get it in class, why do I need to come home and keep doing it? And then my wife piped up and then you know she had a different perspective and it was one of those times where i like we were talking about i just was kind of quiet mm-hmm. and then we had to address it after but i thought it was i was like man i'm this is my life is replaying out like yeah. i'm seeing yeah. what the problem was for me and he's heard me say it because mm-hmm. <laughs> i because of this freaking podcast. Right, I'm right. Being so honest <laughs> about everything, and it's like he's that. it's like oh so i want like now my challenge is don't be what I was. Be what I want you to be. Right, mm-hmm. when that's kind of do as I say, not as I do. In you know a different I mean? format.
1: Yep. Does any
0: of that play into into your experience? So, he, if he's stand up on his grades, I guess not. But yeah, like that um, was just my experience.
1: I, I think more for me, I noticed that whenever there's any issue between me and my middle child, it's lack of effort. He's mm. what well, I don't like to label him, but he's super lazy. I would say, um, and you know, even with any he's super smart. So yeah, they know we go hand in hand. Super smart, super lazy. So if there is any anything going on with school, it's not because he doesn't get it. It's yeah. just because he didn't feel like doing. He it. He want to do it. Yeah, for whatever reason. Um, you got an answer for that? <laughs> I wish I did. Okay. I, I wish was I to I, did. I was trying to get the fix. I was trying to get the fix. Because um, I mean, we do the same thing, you know, taking away the game. I don't enjoy doing it. Yeah. Like like you said, we pay too much money for these yeah. things for them to be sitting in our room. Right. I unplugged. I
0: don't, I don't want it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't want to be that, but you know, that's the only thing that affects them yeah. is you know going to that extreme. Um. So I'm still trying to figure that part out myself. <laughs> yeah. Do you?
0: So my my son called me out on the, um. On the episode that I did with him, mm-hmm. we were having our version of the conversation I had with my father. Right. It's kind of open dialogue. What do, you, what do you see? How do you think I, I am as a father kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, like it clicked that we don't have anything in common that we can point to. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm not exploiting any of the things that we have in common to spend time with it's like he plays the game, son. You in the game? I don't like the game. Yeah. What else he like? Basketball. Oh, I like basketball. Mm-hmm. Bowling. Oh, I like bowling. Right. Do you have those common? Do you have things in common with your kids that where well, there's a there's an avenue to kind of engage and spend time and, and get to get those quality moments.
1: So with my oldest son, I think now we have more of a um, common ground. He's uh, into music. Okay. And you know, I'm kind of back in we're back in a good place so whenever he has something where he might have just made a video or just dropped a new song he'll send that to me for feedback and you know I'll give him honest feedback and just let him know that if it's something that you really want to do I'm for it 100% yeah you know and I you know same thing with me if I do have you know I when I launched the podcast and you know, What's launched the name the of the website, podcast. Too Stubborn to Fail podcast. Too
0: Stubborn to Fail, you see the merch, it'll be in the link below yes, as well.
1: Um, anything that I do, you know, I just drop it in because I want him to see, you know, an example of that. Yeah. Just in case he wants to, you know, go that route.
0: How important is that to you? Because I, part of my struggle in communicating things like the future I want for my kids mm-hmm. is they don't have social proof from their father. Yes. I got a bunch of ideas right. a bunch of things that i started and stopped mm-hmm. but i haven't been wildly successful outside of corporate america right and i can't give them my job and i don't want to push them into corporate america if that's not what they're passionate about right. i'm trying to create opportunities for them to pursue identify and pursue passions but how, how important is that for you for your kids to see as many opportunities as many paths as possible
1: Really survive. that's that's all that I have in in the in the point of wanting them to be something more is because we don't talk every day so all that I have is uh you know providing them with a model of how I treat their mom yeah providing mm. them with a model of how I am you know I I am still at a 9 to 5 for now mm-hmm. but that nine to five is not my life. I want right. them to see me wanting more so they can in turn want more. And I feel as though maybe I'm not reaching them as much as I could because I don't have the the wild success yet. Yeah. I feel like it might be different. It's like, why, why should I listen to you if you don't have what I want?
0: Why are we like that?
1: All, I guess it's human nature. <laughs> why would I, and the thing, the thing,
0: like the thing, like the, with this mastermind and me is just like with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't nobody know us. No. But we're going out into the world and giving them our story in anticipation of they will come at some point. Right. And it'll be the library will be there for them. Why don't we? Why aren't we that confident with our kids?
1: It's weird. I don't, and I'm it's saying weird. we. I yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, it's a common problem. It's I don't weird. Know. Uh, for some reason, when we when it comes to us as individuals, we always treat us differently than we do the, the outside world mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and it's definitely something mental. Um, I just don't, I can't put my finger on it yeah. on why.
0: What you said in your previous response was it's important for you for, for to you for them to see how you treat their mother.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Talk about that.
1: So, I know for me. Um, Becoming a young man in my early 20s, I had never seen a healthy marriage. So marriage was not on my radar at all, which made it incredibly difficult for my wife to have a meaningful relationship with me. I just wasn't ready. Um, it took... We're going to come back to that. Yeah, it, it took It took a bunch of growth for me. Um, so in that, I wanted to be an example for my sons on not only because... You know, one day they're they're gonna have women, and yeah. I want them to be treated right. I don't want you know them to be out there putting their hands on women. Yeah, I, the respect is. I'm big, big on respect. Big on respect. I want them to respect their mates. That's big just bottom line. Yeah, and they have a little sister, so it goes both ways. I, I have to I have to show them all, even the baby, how a woman should be treated. Yeah, you know, and it's big on me to be that example because if anything goes wrong, mm-hmm. it won't be my fault. I'm there, the I'm there with you, and
0: and that's a, what? <laughs> yeah, that's a dicey one because yeah. what I'm realizing for me is, is that just selfish? Me- if, if if my performance and so another quick aside or plug, this mm-hmm. is my pocket post uh, plug or something else. We have another podcast. That i do with my wife is called healthy marriage is dope right mm-hmm. and it's talking about the, the marriage journey the same way i talk about the fatherhood mm-hmm. journey but anyhow i realized that a lot of what i was doing was to appear to be a good husband mm-hmm. and a good father mm-hmm. i wasn't doing it for the right reasons it was only so that from the outside looking in well it couldn't be Derek's fault right? <laughs> <laughs> there's no way it could be his fault as great of a father and a husband he is I was mm-hmm. trash at both mm-hmm. but did, have you ever thought of it that way
1: Uh I don't think so Okay, Um, I think because I didn't see like again I didn't have the healthy marriage to model yeah, so yeah. I wanted to be that's what drives me really I wanted to be everything that I didn't have growing that, up.
0: That makes a lot of sense. That <laughs> makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned um, you had trouble, if I heard correctly. You had a bit of an issue accepting love early in your marriage or mm-hmm. ex- accepting somebody being there for you in that capacity because right. you didn't see a model. How did that impact? The start of your marriage—is it still an you i you working through?
1: So by the time the marriage came around, those issues were fixed. Dope. Um, something I dope. feel as though my wife, um, with a lot of other women, um, they just are ready for marriage a lot sooner than we are. Sure. Um, me in particular, it's a eight eight year difference between my wife and I. Okay. She's older than me. Okay, um, we dated up. So yep, well. yep. So it took a lot. Um, I still had a lot of growing to do. Sure. I got married at 26, so mm-hmm. it, and we met when I was 20. Gotcha. Um, so you know, early 20s, it, it's just a lot of growth that needed to be done. I had to, I wouldn't say unlearn some things, but really, it just came down to me growing up and understanding that this woman really does care about me, um, and she's the one. And fortunately for me, she stuck it out. Yeah, because um, it's women out there that wouldn't be as patient.
0: And rightly so in a mm-hmm. lot of cases. Right.
1: I wouldn't I couldn't have blamed her for it. So
0: uh for the men that are watching, a lot of women watch this podcast because they they like the perspective and a, and lot, a lot of single women out there. Yeah, it's universal. Mm-hmm. It's universal. But for the men that are listening that won't comment because y'all don't be commenting. <laughs> um how what was the was it a relief once you stopped fighting it and just accepted that Absolutely, like, this is your queen. She loves you. she wants your best answers. Talk about that because I think a lot of us fight it, not knowing what the other side feels like.
1: yes, um, and that's a great point because I noticed that it was affecting her seriously like it was it was to the point where it would be a birthday, and she's mad at a good gift because it's not the gift. Um, you know, and and you could see on her face that it's just all everything goes out of her when she realizes it's not what she thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I was like, this this isn't fair. It's not fair to keep keep doing this to her. Like, either be serious about it or let her go find it elsewhere. That'll go be great. And uh, I wasn't willing to do the latter, so I had to step up.
0: You weren't willing to do the latter why i
1: loved her i really did love her it's just for whatever for whatever reason is just this negative connotation i had with marriage and yeah once i was able to get past that and it was just in my head once i got past that i just went ahead and did it i asked her to marry me dope all
0: right hold that thought we're going to take another quick break to hear from a sponsor and we'll be right back what's good fam i hope you're enjoying the episode just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that this and every other episode you've seen thus far is sponsored by us Johns & co llc family company family of brands you can check all of it out by clicking the link in the description below our primary site for shopping is Johnsandcompany.co. Johns, A-N-D, C-O-M-P-A-N-Y dot C-O, shop with us. We appreciate your viewership or your listenership. If you want to take the support to the next level, consider shopping with us. Tis the season all year round to buy black. Back to the show. All right. So now, I kind of want to shift gears and and kind of address the elephant in the room um the father was incarcerated the majority of your the life. majority of your life mm-hmm. that's that's accurate uh but he's he's no longer incarcerated now. Let's talk through what that process was like getting to know your father with a physical presence attached to it.
1: It's a dope feeling, man. it's something that I wanted my whole life um. It's sad in that when, when you think about, uh, from his perspective, that's a long time to be to do anything, especially time. prison. How many years? 27. That's a long time to do anything. Um, but even through all of that, like I said, we have had a great relationship, even to this day. Um, again, it's the little things, being able to call him i never never was able to call him. I yeah. can pick up the phone and call him now. we can have a good conversation yeah, that's big, that's big for me. um I would have liked for him to be able to you know be at the wedding um but you know it is what it is with that. um he physically couldn't right you know he was still incarcerated at the time um but our relationship is great at this point um never had any any ill will toward him um I don't blame him for not being there for you know that, that extended period of time.
0: Does he blame himself?
1: I don't know. We haven't had that conversation. You already
0: beat to that punch. <laughs> we didn't have that, that conversation. conversation. I think that would be a really. Mm-hmm. I'm interested after you had that conversation, yeah. man. Yeah. So uh, how, so how what, is it? let the past be the past, today is a fresh start, and we're just moving forward? That is for me. Um, mm.
1: I feel like we could get caught up in, in the resentment and, mm. and miss out on what we have mm. left. It's so much time that we have today. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people, once they do lose loved ones, it's probably more so of what you didn't get a chance to say or do Absolutely. versus you know, them being gone. Absolutely. you Because know? if, if you knew that you did all you could with that person, it will still hurt, yeah. but not as much.
0: Yeah. What's the biggest lesson you learned from your father?
1: The biggest lesson I've learned from my father is to always uh, stay accountable. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever it is, if it's it, it's on you, you know, mm-hmm. go ahead and own up to it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. never never point the blame at others. I think that's the main lesson that stuck. Over the years.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you apply that to your life and your family? Is that a principle in your household? Most definitely.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Especially in business, um, it -hmm. is all on you. Um, We are where we are because of the decisions that we made, nobody Mm -hmm. else. Um, You know, some of us have said it again we are where we are because of the decisions that we made. And I, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we may have been dealt a bad hand, but it, it's not what happens to you; it's it's how you react to those situations.
0: We are where we are because of the decisions that we made. <laughs> That's so critical. What 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 does it look like for you to improve as a father? There's some things that you've identified where you know that. To take it to the next level. I gotta, I gotta attack this. For
1: you know, me, it's uh, communication. I feel as though that could always be better. It's the classic. Um, yeah, keeping that that to to actually know. Sometimes you just gotta break in that door and, son, what's up? How how you feeling? Yeah. What we doing today? Yeah. That that is what I need to work on. Gotcha. What is up? What's one
0: of the If you could pull out one of the biggest opportunities that you've missed, that you would go back and correct in how you've been a father, can you pinpoint
1: one? Hmm. Biggest? I don't know. Um, Right offhand, I I feel as though I've I've tried to be there as much as I possibly can um, to the point where you know nothing else. If if I had to work, I don't have to work anymore. Whatever it is, like I was so focused on, like again, I go back to it being what I didn't have. That I, I, you would probably have to ask my son. <laughs> I'm sure he got a list. <laughs> you should probably ask your son. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was such a freeing conversation to have with my father. I, I don't know if. I think having a conversation with my father gave me the courage to have a conversation with my son. Mm -hmm. And it's a very critical, obvious lesson that hopefully everybody's catching is that we had the opportunities to to have these conversations with the people because they're still alive. I've had people on a podcast, a recent episode, where the guy and his father were estranged. Go back and listen to it. I won't go through the whole story. But they weren't in close communication for decades, right? And after Mm -hmm. our conversation, he felt compelled to call his father the next morning he did and he uh i can't remember if he called me and sent me a message saying, hey man you know because of our conversation we opened up some things that i hadn't thought about i called my dad and the implication the, the inference was that they had a great conversation mm-hmm. like i didn't pry anything like that right i get a call from him a few days later same excitement
1: mm-hmm.
0: man you know got the opportunity to talk to my dad i'm so glad you no, know, he passed away like 30 minutes ago. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wh- what? Right. <laughs> like, wait, right. like, slow slow down, slow right. down. Because it was a level of excitement, but the excitement was he, he was free from the resentment that he had been carrying because he just wanted his father to be proud of him.
1: Yes. And I think that's so important to, again, that would have been a completely different conversation if he hadn't had the chance to talk to his dad. Yeah. Because he would have held that in for the rest yeah. of his life. Yeah. You got to deal with that, mm-hmm. so...
0: Men are fragile. Of yes, like, women figured this out years ago. Like we, we, we may be strong physically, some of us. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean. But like, e- ego is fragile, man. We, mm-hmm. we carry a lot that we just want to be confirmed sometimes and yeah. recognized, and you know, just let us know that we're doing a good job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What What is the most important thing to you for your kids to take from you?
1: I want them to have that model um, of what a man looks like and and how he how he acts, how he treats his woman, how he handles business, how how he how what kind of a man I am. I want to be that model yeah. for them to look back on because once you once they get to that age, you know they'll they'll have those thoughts to think back on. Well, what 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 have you done? Mm. You know as opposed to just navigating blindly, you know, because they may go a different route, but it won't be because they didn't have a model. So,
0: we didn't talk much about your relationship with your your daughter, Mm -hmm. and that is your biological daughter. Yep, yep. I'm going to ask, as if I don't think I know the answer, Mm -hmm. at any point, was there any difference in how you treated them the the kids that weren't biologically yours, mm-hmm. or did they have a perception that you may have treated her differently because of just how? Mm-hmm.
1: Just like I, I could up? see that. Um, I think it was more so their mom that that mm-hmm. kind of acted differently, just because one is a baby, sure. um, two is a lot more. As far as my wife's style, she's never been. Uh, one of those moms that that hugs and kisses mm-hmm. randomly. Um, I mean, she does hug and kiss him, obviously, but sure. it's not like you know grandma's house. Grandma gotcha. is gonna give you a kiss every five minutes. Gotcha. All that changed with with Layla. Well, Layla so she different. Yes, Layla is. Yeah. She gets a kiss every five minutes. She mm-hmm. gets the hug. She gets the "I love you." I love you. Yeah. And um, from that respect, it probably does affect. Um, my middle child because he's the one he's still in the house with us gotcha. um, so that he's could 14. possibly he's 14 How he's he? 14 she's 2 oh. mm-hmm. so, so y'all yeah. are still in that stage. oh yeah oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. we still live that <laughs> oh man we still live in that but um, he he does see that and uh, we do need to have that conversation with him I mean, and we have but it's nothing wrong with reassuring him yeah. that he's still loved, um, but yeah. he's fourteen. You're not gonna get a hug and a kiss. Wow.
0: That's that. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in my in my story, uh, like I said, my my wife came into the marriage with um with our oldest daughter, mm-hmm. and I've just never been a fan of the step. Mm-hmm. Like like we don't even use the term. Nah. I never saw it modeled in my close family. I, not don't, I'm not so naive to think that. All of my family was like that. But in my immediate household when I was growing up, if there was another family that was blended, we just never used the step term, but they were much closer together. Mm -hmm. So we had the first three, they were like basically two years apart. Mm -hmm. 28 months between the first two, 19 months between uh, two and three, and then we had a gap between the youngest ones. Mm -hmm. But I was, I don't know that I was mindful either way i want to stress the importance to the men out there and to the the women that are listening that you're signing up for it yeah right like you like if that's not calculated in your decision recalculate yes before you jump into it Mm -hmm. right and kids pick up on that and then that can form resentment especially if you don't have a conversation with them about Mm -hmm. it and it can take them down a a very 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 negative path Mm
1: -hmm. is your father proud of you Yes. He tells doing? me daily.
0: Daily. So y'all talk on a regular basis oh, in yeah.
1: school. Oh, yeah. And he always has told me that he was proud, even when he was locked up. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I always had things, you know, going on. Yeah. Um, he just couldn't physically be there. Yeah. So, but he never he never had a problem with telling me that he was proud of me.
0: What does that mean to you? What does it do for you?
1: Oh, man. That validation is everything to me. Um, It's all that I had because yeah. I wanted him there. so outside of that you know that's what that's what i was looking for
0: that's awesome man i um like the (laughs) your story is so and i'm so i'm sure that we're trying parts of it but i'm glad you're telling this story on this podcast because it's so positive of How it can be? Right. It doesn't have to be right. The opposite, the negative Mm -hmm. thing, right? When somebody is incarcerated and salute your mom for not making
1: shout out up something or
0: making it something that it was, man, because that could that's damaging to a child to to have a thought about a father that they long for, and and man, the boys boys, do long for their father. Oh yeah, make no mistake. Great as they want to be, can't replace a father. You can. Mm-hmm. increase your efforts and try to love more and harder and all of that but all of it's important man and i i, I thank you for, for for sharing that this story your perspective
1: this is therapeutic man absolutely <laughs> I, it's learning for me
0: and i go back and watch these things and i'm like man it's not looking at me it's just just listening to the stories right, it's, right. it's hard to catch everything in real time right but man i appreciate you um from the time that I've known you in a short period, I say I'm proud of you, man. Just just knowing the challenges of being in this podcast. I appreciate space, you. Keep pushing. Uh, we'll definitely put all your information uh, below. But if you want to go ahead and shout out how they can find you on the socials and tell them a little bit about what your podcast is about and sure. how they can find that. And we'll, sure. we'll link it, everything below. Sure.
1: So my brand is Too Stubborn to Fail. I spell that with two twos. Um, too stubborn. The number two, Fail. Um, and my whole thing with that is I really just want to normalize entrepreneurship yeah. the way that we do jobs. Um, and I wolf, do that.
0: <laughs> normalize, let's normalize entrepreneurship the way that we do jobs. Exactly. Let's stop looking at it as a foreign. Right. Let's stop looking at it as a thing. Right. It's a career. It is a it is a way to take care of your family.
1: I'm sorry. Exactly. Go ahead. No, no, no. We got to. It's a PSA. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, that's that's the whole basis, and I do that through interviewing entrepreneurs on my podcast, and we have dope conversations about real life situations, mm-hmm. um, you know, downfalls, as a, as well as highlighting, you know, the positives of being able to be financially free. Yeah. Um. So, and everything in between. All my merch can be found on toostubborntofail.com. Um. Yeah. and you can just reach out on all social media platforms with Too Stubborn to Fail. I keep it consistent.
0: Too Stubborn to Fail, man. We appreciate you to my listeners on the audio platform. Go ahead and follow if you haven't done it. Y'all know the drill. If it's your first time listening, you're excused. But if you got to this point, you should go ahead and follow and there's a very key thing you could do is click the auto download. You don't have to think about it. It'll just come to you. And whenever you're ready to listen, you'll be it'll be there for you to listen. It helps us, it's a fellow podcaster, he knows as well. All of that activity is important to us, getting our platform expanded and getting it in front of more people. To those that have the luxury of the YouTube experience, what's good family? This has been a great one. Hopefully you guys were getting busy in the comments you know, the drill on that too. Again, if this is your first time, your excuse, run the video back, find something that resonated with you and make some comments. All of that helps definitely subscribe and click the notification bell so that you'll be aware of when we're having these awesome conversations. Anything you want to say in closing?
1: Man, Like I said, this has been therapeutic. When you, when, when I first was introduced to your podcast, I knew that it was something that I would one day be on. Mm-hmm. Didn't know how. Mm-hmm. I just knew that, you know, uh, we definitely had some stuff in common yeah. and a great conversation. This dialogue needed to be had. I might even be back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, yeah
0: you're absolutely back. Because I, I, I think... So this podcast, uh, I don't know when you come into contact with mm-hmm. with with the, with the uh, ex- with this experience, audio video, but it's early. Mm-hmm. Still good, but it's early. But I think what I want to do is pick out some of the, a few of the guests, as it makes sense, and kind of chronicle their story over time. Right. So every three months, four months, five months, and maybe find five to seven men mm-hmm. and just follow them. Right. And, you know, I think people would be more engaged with that and understanding how the journey is going. Yeah, so we do. you're definitely, you're definitely uh, in that mix if you're open to it, sounds like. Absolutely. You I don't have anything else, so uh, we appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time.